Well, praise God. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Uh, blessed to be with you. Um, ministry is such a special thing. And to be able to stand before God's children, people who he honors and values is, is just a great privilege. And uh, I love your pastor and love his wife. And, and they have been a great inspiration to me and how they go about doing what they do. And there is a consistency about them that is unsurpassed. And um, I'm just, I didn't sleep last night, slept, but like kind of just had today running over my spirit. And uh, I just want to tell you that, I'll use uh, Pastor Tony, can I tell you this? Can I tell you that, that, uh, that um, there's a lot going on in the spirit realm, there's a lot going on in the things of God. There's a lot of things brewing in the heavenlies about this place. And I want to talk about this place and what God has for you, but what you can do to maximize, to cause this church to be a church where people run to, where God can make a difference in their lives. And that happened because you're doing your part, and they're trusting you to do your part as God's leading you to make a difference in people's lives. Over in Matthew chapter 25, and I'll read from uh, the King James, and I'll read also from uh, the Message Bible. If you don't mind me reading two translations, let's just pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity and, and the great privilege to be here in this place. I. You know, I, I'm, you know, we, Lord, I'm just so in awe of being here and being before these people that you love and care about, that you've entrusted to Pastor Tony and Miss Jeanette's care. And Father, we thank you, Father, you anoint us afresh to proclaim your church with riches, Father. Anoint them to hear what the Spirit is saying to them. And Father, as always, we'll fail not to give you all the glory and all the honor for what you'll say to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen and amen. In verse 31 it says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him he shall be gathered all the nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on his left. Then shall the king send them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom of God prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we a hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when saw we a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we saw thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it to the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. And then he shall say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took, and you took me not in. Naked ye, naked ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they answer, also answer and say, Lord, when we saw ye hungered and a thirst, or, or stranger, or naked, or sick, in prison, and did not minister unto thee? And then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, as much as ye did it not to one of these, the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life, life eternal. And then don't turn over to First um, Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll pull it together in a minute. Praise God. That is the most removing scripture that you can think of 
And we're going somewhere. Amen. Praise God. Looking at verse 12 of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are ye all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. I'm going to read this to you um, from the voice translation, just from verse 12 to verse 14. And just as the body, and just as the body is one whole made up of many different parts, and all the different parts comprise the body, so is, is with the anointed one. We were all ceremonially washed into baptism together into one body, but one spirit, no matter our heritage, Jew or Greek, insider or outsider, no matter our status, oppressed or free, we are all given the one same spirit. I am greatly grieved as the spirit of God is grieved over the fact that we have forgotten how to value what God values. In Matthew chapter 25, you find Jesus talking to sheep and talking to goats. And the issue that Jesus is making, what I put value on, you are not. What I am putting value on, you are not. I know this, that my Bible says in John 6, 3, 16, that God sold the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe in should not perish but have everlasting life. God cares about people that don't know him. And he cares about putting value on them. He put his life on the line to show that value. We get saved and we get, we get spirit filled and we're reaping the blessings and promises of God. And we forget about there's people that need what we have. They want what we have. They're craving for it, but they don't know how to get to it. And we are the people that God ascribes to give them value. And if we're not giving them value, we lose and miss the opportunity to bring them to something, something better than they could ever, ever, ever had before. And God is calling, and the church has, has failed in the sense we've got into being an insider, an outsider, or a heritage, or, you know, if you have money or you don't have money, if you have position, and that's not the way God rolls. Now, why am I saying this to you by the Spirit of God? Because that is not this church. This is not how we roll up in here. We don't do that here. And we're encouraging you by the Spirit of God that the world out there is being duped in finding value where value isn't. The world offers a value that is not value. You're getting hoodwinked, duped, and bamboozled to accept something that isn't real. And if you don't understand, beloved, that we have a responsibility to bring something better to them that they can't get to for themselves. I wrote this down. That in this day and hour, we have the opportunity to see and know the heart of God toward the people he wants us to minister to. And he enables us to do it appropriately under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And there's a difference between knowing someone's heart and knowing someone's business. There's a difference between knowing God's heart toward a thing as opposed to, as opposed to someone's, someone's business. And people there in church are all about what someone's business is. Well, how brother so-and-so do I heard his brother applesauce, you know, had his foot amputated. Oh, how brother applesauce do it? You don't care about brother applesauce. Well, he had, he had me, if he had me all that sweet stuff, he wouldn't have lost his foot. 
why go there? Because we really don't care about what God sees about the person. We want to know something to talk about that person. And see, people are looking for value. And they're looking to the church, but the church sounds like the world. Are you following me here? And if we don't understand, our responsibility is to bring them into a wholeness and the reality that God loves them and cares about them. I am a valued person. If you knew me, BC days, said, that brother Jack, ugh. <laughs> that brother hurting, man. He needs some help because he's, he's terrible. Think about this. I can't talk about you, I'll talk about myself. I was raised in, in, in a very bad home, abused, get, got beat with iron cores to my, to my skin bled. Now back then, you know, you could do it. Back now you go to jail. Went to school and couldn't sit tight with my pants because the, the welts would break and bleed. Angry, man, sexually abused from the age of eight. No, he had to know this, to the age of eight. I did tell him, see, I tell him everything. Oh my gosh, do I have no secrets from you? No. <laughs> I was a broken dude. Fought every day in school, was kicking butt and taking names. Is but a bad word in the church? <laughs> so, but taking care of business, you know, I would punch you out before you said one thing to me and hope I hurt you really, really bad. And maybe stomp you in the city, they stomp you like when you're down. Just angry. Quit high school. Went in the Marine Corps. One of the best things that happened before Jesus. But angry and mad and had no value because no one gave me value. And no one was trying to get to me. And I went to churches. They didn't give me value. Just trying to find where I, where I belonged. Wanted to be a part of something. Got the Marine Corps. I was, I was, I was, a, I was a black Muslim. <laughs> Selling the pies on the corner. I was, uh, I was a hope witness. Almost became a Mormon. I was a Black Panther. Oh, seriously. And my life was going from this place to this place, trying to find value. Can I tell you, Omaha has people all over it that are like that. They don't look like they're having trouble, but they're having trouble. They don't look like they're hurting, but they're hurting. They're not, they don't look like, like they've lost hope, but they've lost hope because no one who should be bringing value to them is bringing value because they're blessed and highly favored. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm walking in high places with Jesus. How about that? Sorry that you're not. They go to churches. But they don't tell them that they're valued. They're not taught the word. And they're aimlessly looking for hope that they can't find. How can we, how can believers who've been blessed with so much not see the need to give what you have to someone else? We're so duped in Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, you book, I got a book, we all got a book. We're doing things that are telling us how to think, how to feel, and that's not what we need to be doing. The world is looking for, for performance and possession and position and association to get value. 
Well, if I, if I have this, I have a big house, if I got this bumping car, you know, I'm wearing these nice clothes and got my Jordan shoes, if I got a great position with a title, I'm all that in a bag of potato chips and a Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> but it's worth nothing. Because not, that's not how God places value. And we have to understand this, beloved. This church is anointed to bring value. I can't tell how much God has spoken to me about this church and this couple. And that what God is putting in place here is something different that has never been placed in a position before in this time. And our need to understand that true value from God, true value is God, is is manifest in two ways, in motive, in attitude, and in action. And if the motive is wrong and the attitude is wrong, the action is going to be wrong. And your pastor is teaching on love, right motive, right attitude, and right action can only be created through the love of God. It can only be created through the love of God. And I'm not telling you about my life to feel sorry for me because that's not the issue because I'm doing good now. But the issue is this. There are people that don't know where value is. Know that song, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love. People looking for value in all the wrong places and they can't find it. And God has placed you in this church, called you to these people to give you the value from God. You can take that value out there in the marketplace. And we have to be about doing that. Because if we're not doing that, who else is going to do it? You follow me here? I am... I remember in 1979, I was really messed up. Still looking for value, still looking for acceptance. You know the gangs and clubs, all about giving people a false value? A false value. I was in the Marine Corps. I, I, got, I moved to Boston with my brother and was hanging out with this person and hanging out with this person. I started using people. You never use people. They have a little power in their hands. I had five people trying to set me up to kill me. I mean, shoot me dead. And were pursuing me and trying to track me and almost trapped me three times and God delivered me. But I didn't know it was God then. And I remember this. Did someone witness me about Jesus? No. But there were three girls I knew that went to a church and their lifestyle how they talked, how they handled themselves, how gracious and kind they were. And one of the girls would go with my brother. <laughs> and they would come over and eat and stuff like that. And I remember these people out to kill me were getting real, real close, real close. I was on Longwood Avenue in Boston, Massachusetts, November 7th. 1979, in front of the Harvard Medical School dormitory, and they were coming after me. And I was afraid, really, really scared. And I said, Lord, I don't know who those girls are. I don't know what they have. But what they have, I want it. And their ability to live their life before me, without saying one word, save me. And we're not asking you by the Spirit of God to go out there and hand out tracts or pull out your Bible and whip it up on somebody and start talking to them. What God is asking you to do if you see someone where you work in your marketplace, 
Do you write them a handwritten note tell them we love you and appreciate you? Do you tell them that you're praying for them? Do you bring them a, a, a coffee or a donut? You sit down and just listen to them intently without saying one word, but letting them have your undivided attention. That is giving value. And they need that value, and they're hungry for that value. And what I'm trying to submit to you by the Spirit of God, if you can do that, they'll come here. Because they're not looking for a word to be preached for someone that cares about them. That's interested in hearing what they have to say. That does something kind for them. Uh, we meet in the hotel, and uh, this lady, um, we lost our place during COVID, so we had to find another place, and so we found this hotel. And so uh, my secretary and I took the sales manager out to lunch. And, and she's like 27, so this is the first time anyone ever did anything nice for me like this. You know what? She's going to start coming to church because we took time to notice who she is. I was surprised when she said no one ever did anything nice for her. But the ability to, to give of yourself to someone that needs what you have, it's not complicated. We have to get beside ourselves to give of ourselves. And this is who we are in the body of Christ. Everybody is so self-indulged. They're so caught up, as it says over in 1 Corinthians, they're so caught up in whether you're a Jew or Greek or inside or outside, what is your status in life, what kind of title you have. And that doesn't mean anything to Jesus. He wants you. And people running up to all these things thinking that that's the thing I need to make me feel better. Well, that's so. How come Heath Ledger is dead? How come this actor is dead? How come this songwriter is dead? How come how's, how's this actor, how's this business person dead? Because they put value on the wrong thing, and that value didn't hold them in place. And the only value that holds us in place is the value that we get from Jesus. And that's just so important. I am. Um, I'm just overwhelmed by the opportunity I have to love people. I don't, I'm not a great orator like some folks are. And I don't claim to know a whole bunch of stuff but what I know that I've learned from God and have revelation about. I don't walk in things I don't know and I don't talk about things I don't know. But what I have settled in my heart, I definitely will talk about. But what I know is this, by the Spirit of God, there are too many people that are hurting to too many people that don't have hope. There's too many people that don't know they have value because we're not telling them that they have value. And if they don't know that, how can they ever come to know that they have value? It's not about being black or white or Asian or Hispanic. It's about the hearts of men. And how do we begin to think about what's important to Jesus as, a, as opposed to what's important to people who say is important? And the whole narrative in this country, in the world, is that people are telling us how to think and not us figuring out what we need to know for ourselves. I don't, look, I don't care about politics. I, I mean, I know, listen, let me put it this way. The Bible says the men of Issachar understood the time they knew what Israel should do. I'm aware of what goes on. I am. But I'm not trying to jump into it because I've got things i got to do for Jesus. If I'm, I'm all in that like that, all up in it like that, I can't be all up in what he wants me to be all up into. 
And what's more profitable, being all up into what he wants you to be up into or what they want you to be up into? Because what they want you to be up into, is, that's a, it's not where you want to go. And so our, our, our heart and our desire by the Spirit of God towards you is how do you get your focus where it needs to be? Who is the answer for your life? Who changed your life? Jesus. Who's made the difference? Jesus. Who's been there when no one else has been there? Jesus. Who's your help in time of trouble? Who's your healer and deliverer? Who's the one that prospers you? Who's the one that holds you and fathers you when you're all alone and needs someone to hold you and father you? You take what he does for you and give to somebody that doesn't know that you'll win them forever. Everybody's looking for someone. When I was... um, Greg from Raymond, I was associate pastor in, um, um, in Cincinnati. And there was, I worked in the mailroom. <laughs> and this guy, his name was Floyd. And Floyd was the biggest weed smoker in America. He could suck down some weed, man. Big old draw. <laughs> there was a mailroom, there was a garage. We had these little carts. <laughs> We go up, we have lunch break and go, hey, Floyd's been in the garage and smoking dope again. <laughs> so, but, but this guy was totally anti-God. He'd always try to get me to drink or to, or, 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 or to smoke a joint. And we go out to lunch. He said, let's go, let's go, out, let's go to lunch. As I go to lunch with him, he'd go to a bar. He said, what are you, do you want a beer? No, no beer. You want a beer? How about, how about I hit on my, 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 my joint? No, I don't want that. And I would just say, you know, Floyd, I'm praying for you, dude. I'm praying, I'm praying for you, Floyd. I'm praying for you. Now, Fred, now, Floyd was a drug user, not just weave. He did other things on the side, too. And one day, we, I'd been working for that mirror for about eight months, and I got this call from the hospital that Floyd had OD'd, and they're trying to bring him back. And they brought him back. And uh, his mom called me, and I went to the hospital. And I prayed for him, he accepted Jesus. But that's not what I want you to get. All those times, he tried me to smoke, smoke a joint, tried to get me to drink, said, Floyd, I love you, I'm praying for you, man. He never saw me treat him any different I never got mad because he tried to get me to smoke a joint or drink a beer, whatever thing he had me do. But I said, Floyd, you know what? I love you. I'm praying for you. And this is what I'm telling you that got my attention about value. He said, all those times I tried to get you to drink and tried to get you to smoke, you never did. You just kept on telling me I'm praying for you and I love you. And you kept on being nice to me and didn't treat me any different. He said, and when I got this, when I got OD'd, I thought about you. And I had my mom call, and I said, why? He said, because of all the people, all the ministers that have come to, that have come to, this, to, to, to this mail room, eventually I got them to drink, I got them to smoke, I got them to hang out and party with me, and you didn't do it. But you always treated me like I was the best thing in the world. Value. It's just that I, I, watch a, I, I watch your pastor do it all the time at Starbucks, at First Watch. How you doing? What's going on? How you, you look nice today. Hey, can I pray with you? What you got to pray? You need me to pray for, pray for you today? I'll pray for you. And he does all these things to show you look nice. You're a great server. You're a great server. And all these things, he's not preaching at them. He's just giving them value. I mean, he went to Starbucks, and he hadn't seen this person. Where you been, girl? How you doing? You're like, oh, I've been, I'm working a different shift. Where, oh, is the other girl good? Well, she works every now and then. She just works for one day a week. But they actually converse because they know who he is, and they have value from him. Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah, you said it right. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you. He, he, I mean, he, he just breaks it down. No, and, and I've seen, I've seen do it in Chinese restaurants. I've seen Chinese restaurants, Starbucks, First Watch, Cheesecake Factory, Firebirds, every place I've been with him, this is what he does. He's not preaching. He's just giving value. And this with this church, Lord, help. This is what God is trying to get this church to become behind them, a church that gives value. And a church that gives value will draw people into its walls. Because you're not preaching. You're just giving them what they need, what they want. There's an old song, uh, uh, got to give the people Got to give them what they want. The OJs, oh yeah, uh-huh. You know, but you got to give these people what they want. And that they don't want drugs. They don't want alcohol. They don't want to be cool. They don't want to be the fanciest dressers. They, wanna, they don't want to be hip. Just, they just want to know that they're valued and they're appreciated. No strings attached. You just be you, and God will take care of the rest. Now, your pastor teaching on love, and he'll expand this subject a lot further. But the love of God he's teaching you about is going to get you there. To not just see the importance of value that God has given you. And it's very hard to give people value when you haven't experienced his value for yourself. And a lot of believers are deficient because they haven't received his value for them. So how can you give something you have not embraced? So I'm asking you in the name of Jesus tonight to think about it. I'm going to pray tonight that God will supernaturally reveal to you how much you're valued by him. How much you're supernaturally valued by him. And in doing that, he's going to bring a revelation of all the things he's done for you that you've forgotten about that shows you you're valuable. That's a lot of stuff. So if you're 50 years old, you got a, and you, so you've been, you're 50 years old, you've been saved for 20, 20, 20 years, you got a lot of stuff to be catching up on. But it shows you that you're important. It shows you that you're valuable and you're precious. And you don't have to earn that. He gave it to you. When we were out, Bible says in Romans chapter 5, when we were yet without strength, we couldn't help ourselves. Christ died for the ungodly. He put value on you when you didn't even put value on yourself. So I want you to think about this. You're valuable. And you're precious. You ain't got to fight for it. Ain't got to argue about it. Don't get in debates. Don't question that narrative. You're loved. You're valued. You're appreciated. And you're honored by God. What more can you ask for? Because you know what? At the end of the day, these are the simple things, because walking with God is not complicated. It's just simple as you're loved and you're valued. And God wants to empower you to be something that you never thought you could be in your lifetime. He's trying to get you there. And if you understand that for what it is, and I told Paris, I'm probably going to share from my heart tonight, but I love this couple. And I would, I would give my life for him. I would like, you know, I would just do it. Because they're part of me. They're not this, this, there's this pastor in our region that's over in Omaha, Nebraska, on Blondo Street. What a great name for a street, Blondo. Blondo Street. 
But here's a person, a couple, I have a divine connection with. I think about them. I pray for them. I speak life over them. But God speaks to me about them. They follow me here. And I know you'll have people come here and just, just throw down. But I know this much. If I can tell you in simple terms that you're loved, that you're valued, that you're appreciated, and that you're honored, and that God entrusts you to take that which is given you to someone else, not by throwing them a track, not by raising your Bible and quoting scriptures, just listening to them and just being with them and doing nice things to them, complimenting them, writing my note card. You know what? I was thinking about you today. Or seeing someone that's struggling. You know what? I don't know what's going on in your life, you know, but I'm praying for you. That is value. And so I want you to take these. You know what communion is, says the Lord. And you know the covenant was ratified through all this. And I want you to know today that this covenant that's ratified by my son has put you in this place of position and power have great effect here in this place. And everything that has occurred has all been setting up for what's about to come to you now. Because you've been patient. You've not complained. You've made the adjustments that have been very, very hard to make. But you've done it graciously and with mercy. And because you have done that, and because you you are so determined to stay where I am in the word. And so determined with resolve to bring the word and the spirit to the people that were trusted to your care. I can't help but bring people to you. I can't help but bring people to this place, unto this ministry, that they can receive the life that I want to give them through you and your wife. It's not a fluke. It's real. It's not what other people think. It's not what people feel. It's what I know about you. It's what I know about you. And I know about you. And I know how you struggle to follow this out. But here's the thing, says the Lord. You came my way. You let me grab my hand. You let me lead you and guide you, not knowing what I was going to do. But you trusted me. You believed in me. When everything was going wrong, you stuck with me. And you gave my heart. You, you gave me your heart and said, Lord, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this for you. And now things are getting better. And things are getting easier. And things are going to become more grander for you. But if you keep yourself where you are right now and never lose this position, I will bless you immensely. Because I've chosen you for such a time as this to make a difference in this city in the lives of people. I want you to break that open. I want you to receive it and remind yourself of what I've said to you tonight. This is just the beginning of many great things that will flow through this ministry, not just monetarily, but in power 
and in strength. Because it is the time for manifestations. It is the time for manifestations. It is, it is the time for the power of God to be revealed. It is the time not to talk, but to do. And I trust you too to do it. Now here's your part. If you're here today, are the ushers ready with the communion things? I want you to covenant with them. Just as they're taking this to remind them of what God has spoken to them and what God is going to do, not might do, not could do, maybe he wants to do it, he's going to do it. And if you, believe, if you believe that tonight, I want you to raise your hand and, and, and you know what? And they're going to give you a communion element. It's time to go, y'all. It's time to hit the floor running. Praise God. Look at these hands. Praise God. Now, if you're not, listen, if you're, if you're not serious about it, don't put your hand down. If you're, if you're not about doing this, They'll put your hand down. Because you're going to be held accountable to be in a position that the things that the Lord spoke to this couple, you're behind it, you're speaking life over it, and you're doing your part. And when you take this communion tonight and covenant with them and with God, you're telling God, I'm going to place value on the people out there that they can come and follow me here. Sarah, strong, resilient, powerful, energetic, great wisdom. You remember <laughs> years ago in your senior year, I spoke to you? No matter what happened, that dynamic never changed with me. It never changed. So don't let the things that have occurred change what you know that I feel about you, know about you. You know, that, that's a, I'm coming up. I want the world to know. You know, I'm coming. You're coming up. In days you don't feel like you're coming up, but you're coming up. I like when Donna Ross sings it better than I do, but you're coming up. <laughs> and you're going to look You're going to look back. I thank you that you didn't forget about me. In those nights when I was alone and crying and not having answers but wanting answers, I knew you were there. And I always have been there for you and always will be there for you. And things are on the rise. It doesn't make a difference who's doing what. You are on the rise. And my blessings, because you've taken the position you've taken, though it's been difficult, blessings will come upon you and overtake you and that which you thought you've lost you haven't lost at all because I'll restore it back to you more than you could ever more than your heart could ever imagine can I get a tissue where's uh, where's Mr. Walker he's here oh he just was stealth he was here he was gone Mr. Floyd 
Mr. Torian, give me a minute. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. Anybody getting hand sanitizer? <laughs> I need some hand sanitizer. Thank you. Okay, thank you, ma'am. Ain't no more. <laughs> I smell like a flower now, friends, God. I just want to say this to you, and I, um, um, I was getting ready for tonight. I'm a Marine, and so I'm proud to be a Marine. Once a Marine, always Marine. Marine Corps birthday's coming up pretty on, on the 10th. But I want to say this to you that one of the, the prize positions of the Marine Corps is the Harrier. When a Harrier does, it can be on the, on the ground and lift up and just hover. They just face, and they turn them up and they take off. You've been hovering. You've been hovering, and you've been patient, and you're hovering. I'm hovering. I'm hovering. I'm hovering. You know what? I'm about to have you pull your jets up and start moving. Because it's time. And the things you need to get settled are settled now. Did it bear witness with you? And so just get ready. Now listen, this Harry, when it gets off, and it just doesn't go off. It, it totally just gradually and it just shoots out. It will be a gradual moving forward. And then you'll be shooting out in the things you're going to have great impact on things that you thought you wouldn't have impact in. Amen. I receive that. Praise God. Amen. So um, can I do one thing? Okay, I don't, it's because, because my man said I had to, I broke the 7.30 barrier, I'm, I'm at 8.15. <laughs> um, um, one more story about value, and I'll close here. Because I love stories, and I love talking about the things that God has done for me, and how he's proven himself to me. There is a, uh, he's going to be the Lord now. This kid was like, 18 years old. I don't know what this disease is, but you had growths on your body. He was like, the, it was like an elephant man disease. I mean, he was, he was really deformed. And his grandmother was really old, and she would, he would come in to our church and just visit grandma for the summer. And people would be staring at him and looking at him like he's some strange dude. And I would sit down and talk to him. And I would take him to lunch in public and people would stare and I would just talk to him like it was nothing to it. And um, I did this for years. He finally moved away and didn't come back. And I found out he had gone, gone home to be with the Lord because he got saved while he was with us. And his grandmother, she's now going to be with the Lord. She said, one day, I want to thank you for how you loved Anthony. And I said, really? And she said, you know what? Every summer, he was excited to come and be with me, be with his grandmother, so he could be with me. I never preached to him. loved them and they're just people all around you they need to be loved they need to be accepted they need to be cared for they need to know I know you don't know Jesus I don't like what you're doing but I want to show you that God still values you it's too important to you. Did you get those cups yet? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll do it one. And that is the most important thing. God needs you. I'm crying like this. Yeah, why don't you? you did, <laughs> oh, I don't know about that tonight, but <laughs> but let me say this to you that um, 
when you, we're going to take this communion together. You're telling God and you're telling them by the action of you taking this communion cup and breaking it open and receiving it that you'll make it your determination to be these people that will give people value. He said, well, well, brother, pastor, I don't know how to do that. Ask God, and he'll help you. Because you need to be that person in this time, in this day, in this era, because this city needs great relief from the pain that they're feeling and experiencing. You, you pass them already? Okay, I'll take one, I'll take one. This... Two was different. <laughs> I got, yeah, I, we use these two. The peeling things. Now, Father, we, honestly, Father, we take this element. Father, I thank you that we receive healing in our body to be able to do the things we're about to commit to do. And we can't do this sick. We have to be well to represent Jesus and this value that we want to present to people. So right now, I break this element and I receive it to be healthy and to be whole, to be that people, to be those people that can bring people value. You can receive. Oh, man. Can you hold me back? Can't get over this. I'm not getting over it, man. Shortly. Say this, say this, Father, in the name of Jesus, this blood was shed for me to seal a covenant that I walk in. All the blessings are mine. The word of God is true. And I can benefit from that because of the covenant. And I'm as, as, as I receive this tonight, I covenant with my pastor and his wife to be what I need to be for you, God, beyond this place, in love, to bring the people that are hurting and crying out to receive the value that they so long for. In Jesus' name, go and receive.